Welcome, travelers. You've come to the place where tabletop role-playing meets the internet and a little point on the map of the internet that we call RPGCrossing.com. This is, of course, the official podcast of RPGCrossing.com. I'm your host, David Robison, and I hope you enjoy episode four of RPG Crossing Radio. Joining me, as always, is our illustrious co-host, Hugga, hailing from the Lound Down Under. Howdy. <laughs> and Ober- and uh, M. Brodak, temporarily of New York. Hello, Internet. <laughs> um, we have a great show uh, planned for you today. Uh, we have uh, gaming news, uh, news from our website, and also an interview with a very special guest. Um, so we'll just go ahead and jump right in. Uh, first off, we have our Ask the Host questions, and uh, being that we are officially the podcast of a play-by-post website, I thought it would be interesting to discuss the differences between uh, role-playing games on the tabletop versus playing on the internet play-by-post style. Why don't you start us off with this, uh, Hugga? Okay. I have like four points here, so I'm not sure how much we could go into. Um, (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll hit you on and see what you think after that. So obviously the biggest one, I think, is the time factor. You have games that on a, a tabletop night might take the whole night, a few hours, play by post, a lot longer. Rounds in a combat could take a week or so. Um, a discussion, which could be over in a few minutes, takes a similar, a, a week more. Um, so, so because of this, because of this extra time, you have a tendency to players to drop out or players for a few years, life situations changing, that, that stuff just happens. But because players are generally more active, um, you might have someone miss a tabletop game and they're out for a chunk of the, of the whole, um, campaign. Whereas if you miss a week or something because you're busy in real life on a, on a play by post, you're only going to miss a, a, a small bit of the story and you can easily catch up because it's all there for you to read. I think that the, the slow pace also gives you more time to develop your characters, to delve into them, to think up responses, add flavor to even your mundane actions and stuff like that. So it, it, it really brings to life lots more of the things that us people who can't think on their feet so quickly you know, don't, you don't get to do in a tabletop setting. Um, as a DM, it also gives me time to make up better maps or clear up rule issues or misunderstandings with players. And yeah, just, just to think about what the players have done so far and how how I can adapt to their actions. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, I agree with all that. The time, uh, the uh, the uh, freedom of time is a very good uh, tool for the play-by-post medium. Um, one thing that I personally like about uh, play-by-post is um, that you're kind of not tethered to uh, some social restraints that maybe you would have in a... Uh, a tabletop game. Um, yep. <laughs> I'm kind of uh, uh, got Joss Whedon syndrome a lot in regards to the fact that I find um, stories and characters featuring like strong female protagonists incredibly interesting. And being on the internet and you know um, playing as if you're writing a collaborative story with somebody kind of frees you from that, whereas if you're sitting at a table, I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable 
having a female character in uh, in a play by uh, in a tabletop game. So it kind of allows a little bit more freedom of choice. Is that because of the anonymity? Uh, sorry, that you get uh, you can be just this rubby person. And you don't have to be sitting across from some other guy who's trying to be a female or trying to be a male or something like that. You can just separate your real life person from the character you're playing. Is that what you're trying to get at? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. just you can. It's it's easier to separate, and you're not yeah. having yeah. to deal with. The other people at your table going, oh, yeah, you're your chick, huh? What's up with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember that thread that we had that was people who had been playing a female character or for some other reason, just the um, board thought they were female and suddenly turned out they were to be male or vice versa. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot easier online than in person. Exactly. Um, how about you, uh, Embrodak? You got any... Uh... Um... The problem I have is I can't get my friends together to have a night of tabletop gaming. Yeah. Um, we're all adults now. We all, you know, half of us have kids. Actually, of my typical tabletop group, seventy-five percent of us have kids. And you know, or I have my daughter, you know, running around to soccer practice on Monday, Wednesday. You know, and my friend who, you know, so I can't do a Wednesday, but my friend can, and he can't do a Tuesday because he's got to bring his kids somewhere. We just had difficulties in the past uh, getting together. Uh, my one friend moved to the Carolinas, so we tried to do some Skype sessions, and this is back five, ten years ago, or they weren't as easy. Uh, I do believe there are some tools now that, that help enable that. Um, it just became difficult, and so I gravitated way back and like 2005 to play by post and it's just it's easier for me i just get in log in you know make my posts read the posts think about them let it let it let it you know cook in my brain for a little bit what i want to post and then you know i can do it on my on my time my schedule Mm. and i'm not rushed i feel as far as the game um you can get a little bit more immersed into the character where you know you 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 know playing at a tabletop you say oh okay I, I I proceed to go here I mean it, it depends on the group if you're more of a role playing um, versus a dice rolling uh, group um, but I feel you, you can get more immersive because you have more time to think you you can you can read the posts and if you forget something you can go back and and, and go back a few pages and read and and, and remember what you did um, that's um, you know my general take from play-by-post versus tabletop. Yeah. yeah. We had a friend um, who, who moved across to back home to England. So our group sort of struggled with that. We couldn't really continue. Um, we had enough people that were busy enough times that it just sort of upset the group. So we all moved on to the forums and are playing there now. So, yeah, that, that works well for that. I think that the other one is that, as you said, uh, Amberdeck, that... Different people have, you know, the different styles. Some people might prefer the encounter. Some people might prefer the role-playing. You can actually have both of them quite well um, placed in a play-by-post game. That You can have a thread here that's mechanics and a thread here that's role-playing, and people can focus where they want to, and both things can happen beside each other, but um, not necessarily at the exclusion of each other. Yeah, I'm a mix. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, I'll I'll write posts and I struggle to get maybe a paragraph, and then 
I play with these other people that are just so prolific. I, I enjoy playing with them, but then it makes me feel, you know, inferior because they'll write – in no time at all, I'll, I'll write a paragraph. I'll spend like two hours thinking about it, writing it, and then I'll come back and somebody will written, you know, a, a novel. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just they get so descriptive and I sometimes – you know, but I, I'm in – I mean I, I do enjoy – I mean I'm not a, a, a writer – of any any notes, but I do enjoy stretching myself with the writing and and you know moving the game on. But uh, it's 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 a, I have it a blend of both. So when I when I yeah. when I play yeah. the game, excellent. I'm I'm more of a storyteller myself. I use the mechanics to tell my story. So um, that's really something that's really well suited for uh, play by post yeah. that's that's what i have sometimes difficulty when i'm reading a book like <laughs> when uh we'll, we'll, when we get uh, uh mountain bound on you know the malady how the heck did that creature you know what are the mechanics of it versus me reading <laughs> uh you know and then you, and the problem is you read back um, i have this problem in a game that roby and i are in um if you read back to uh some of uh re salvatore's books about dritz and uh you know the drow you know, one of the mechanics the Drow used to do, they used to cast darkness, and they'd cast fairy fire on a creature. Well, you know, third edition, 3.5 edition, Pathfinder rules, whichever, you know, you can't see in magical darkness even though you're, you're a creature with dark vision. And so mechanically, I, I, I read the old books, and I think that, but now playing tabletop, I want to do that with my Drow, but he cast darkness, he can't see anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Well, I think we've touched on this. Um, <laughs> I think pretty good for a little little short segment we do here. So we'll uh, go ahead and move on to uh, uh, site news. Um, the first thing we have on the docket is uh, RPG Crossing's free magazine, Explosive Ruins, has released its 17th issue as of March 8th. It's uh, chocked full of great gaming tidbits uh, from adventures to gaming advice and even... A uh, comic created and co-authored by me, not to toot my own horn or anything. So uh, if anybody's interested in checking that out, it's available for download from RPGCrossing.com. Link will be provided in the show notes. And I believe it's my two favorite topics, Undead and Horror. Ooh, yes. Spooky. I think it's like the same topic. (laughs) Well, you, you can have Undead that's not horror. You know, you just have a good old... Shaun of the Dead sort of thing, where it's just all a good laugh and stuff. And you can have horror that's not undead as well. Well, I, then I question on that. You know, you have uh, The Walking Dead, and that's not necessarily the zombie undead horror. It's the uh, human existence. So, yeah, I guess. Yes. I, yes. I, I, I retract my statement. <laughs> Teach you. <laughs> you just got schooled by Hugger. <laughs> Okay, uh, next little piece of news is that the uh, RPG Crossing Book Club is reading uh, Will of the Gods by Mike Canino. Uh, This is a book that was written by a community member as well. Um, In last month's voting, it had won a spot to be included in the March voting and beat out the book Red Shirts by John Scalzi. So if you guys are interested in checking that out, um, we'll provide you a link to the uh, book club. In the show notes. Are we going to try to get Mike on? I know he's uh, been busy lately, so. Um, I will take anybody who wants to talk to me. So, 
Um, well, uh, I haven't shot him a, uh, a note or anything, but I have been working on other guests that will be uh, mentioned in the future. But yeah, as soon as we're, as soon as the book club is done reading his book, we'll go ahead and get him on if he is willing. Well, I've read it. I read all three of his, his uh, trilogy, so it's a good series. Excellent. Excellent. Um, last little tidbit of news. Um, our podcast, RPG Crossing, is now on uh, the RPGpodcast.com podcast directory. Um, you can now find us there and on iTunes. We would appreciate any ratings that you wanted to throw, ratings or reviews that you wanted to throw our way on either of those directories. We're done with the site news. We'll go ahead and move on to uh, general RPG gaming news in a segment we like to call RPG Pulse. Um, we'll go ahead and start off first off uh, with a follow-up from a story we reported on uh, last episode in regards to the Gygax Gaming Magazine. Um, it is now available on PDF uh, via DriveThruRPG. Uh, I, I don't know if they necessarily are they selling it on DriveThruRPG or is it just they're use uh, Gygax is using it as their method of distribution and um, purchase it. You can buy it for four ninety nine okay. on RPG uh, DriveThruRPG. I was gonna buy it and then I've gotten sidetracked with so much life stuff that just like hit me in the face. I haven't had a chance to log on and get it. So, but if you want, um, four ninety nine is a phenomenal deal for a uh, gaming magazine especially one that looks so promising um a little tidbit of uh uh fact toyed on that during their first week of uh sales on the uh drive through rpg they ended up on the number one spot of their most uh popular download list so i guess they're doing really well yeah i i, I got the the year subscription they were selling on uh, their website and right after I did it and right after we talked on the podcast uh, they sent me a link to go to RPG uh, drive through RPG and I downloaded it I've already read it and I haven't received a physical copy so <laughs> is it good it's actually something uh, applicable to I think what we're going to talk with Mountain Bound is DMing for your toddler and I thought that was a cool oh yes that's, cool the, that's like there. the one article I've seen on the walkthrough video that I really really wanted to yeah. read because I've got a whole mess of kids, and I'd like to uh, <laughs> play some RPGs with them. Um, yeah. But uh, moving on, um, I think that uh, we would suffer dearly if we didn't pay uh, tribute to uh, Gary Gygax, since we have mentioned his name on this podcast already. Um, he is the uh, father of RPG gaming. I think we can all agree that that is the case. And on uh, March 4th, 2008, he failed his save versus death, and uh, he's been sorely missed since. So uh, let's grab our D20s. You guys got your D20s? We got my D20. Yeah, I have a, an original box set D20. Oh, man. You're getting all nostalgic. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I just have a overly large D20. I have a D20 I got out of a pound of dice because I'm a man, and I buy my dice by the pound. Uh, <laughs> I try to. They wouldn't ship over to Australia. Oh, really? That's sad. Buying dice by the pound is so awesome. But let's go ahead and give us a, a roll. I got a critical. I did too. That is awesome. I would lie and say I got one too, but I, I rolled a 14. 
That's still pretty good. That's still above average. That's pretty above average. Awesome. Oh, um, you guys don't know this because I'm sneaky, but I have prepared a little game in honor of Mr. Gygax that we're going to play together. Oh. Yes, it's called uh, Stuff Gary Said. And the rules are simple. I'm going to read a quote. You guys will either respond with Stuff Gary Said, if that quote is in fact a uh, Gary Gygax quote, and if it's not... You will respond with stuff Gary didn't say. I will give you guys a point for every right answer. Uh, you guys ready? Yep. Ready as I'll ever be. <clears throat> I love maps. I love to write the stories. And the other paperwork is essential, but a drag. I usually start the maps and then do the story. Stuff Gary said. Yep, I'm going to say that as well. Uh, it, is, it is not. It, uh, it was Holy. said by co-creator Dave Arnis. So, oh. so mwahahahaha. No Tricky. points for you guys. All right. Second quote. The essence of, of a role-playing game is that it is a group cooperative experience. Mm. I'll, I'll go first and say... Stuff Gary said. I'll stuff Gary said. That is true. You each get a point, and I'm not going to write these down. The points don't matter. <laughs> no prizes at the they end. They matter to me. <laughs> well, you, you can keep track. You're more than welcome to. That is correct. That is something Gary said. Um, next quote. Imagination will often carry us to worlds that never were, but without it, we go nowhere. Yeah, these are very hard. <laughs> no Googling, no, by the I, way. I'm going to say he, Gary did not say that. I'm going to say he did just to be different and get some point differences. See. Gary did not say that. It was actually Carl Sagan. Uh, mm, two yeah. to one. Two to one, I think. And Brodak's in the lead. Okay. We, we, have, to, we have to be you know, we, we contrary every once in a while. So. Exactly. Exactly. No, no, <laughs> All, right. All right. Next quote. Everything is generated through your own willpower. Oh. It's really helpful if we knew more of what Gary had said. Well, I didn't tell you about these guys because I didn't I want know, you to I Google. <laughs> um, I shall say that Gary stuff Gary said. Uh, I'm just to continue our polar opposites. I'm going to say stuff Gary didn't say. Um, and Brodeck is correct. It is, uh, <sighs> this quote comes to us from Ray Bradbury. Next quote. Random chance plays a huge part in everybody's life. Oh. I hear typing. Um, you guys I'm going to say he did say it. Gary's been right the last few times. I'm going to go along with him this time. Yeah, he said <laughs> that. <laughs> um, that is, in fact, a Gary Gygax quote, so wow. two points for you both. <laughs> I like this one. This one's up next. Um, next quote is, Somebody said they threw their copy of Dungeons & Dragons into the fire, and it screamed, It's a game. Uh, the magic spells are as real as the gold. Try retiring on that stuff. I'll, I'll go along with stuff Gary said. Um, huh. Well... I'm winning. I want to win by more, so I'm going to say stuff Gary... No, 
<laughs> mm, I don't know. That sounds like something he might have said. I, you know what? I am winning, and if I continue going with what Huggis says, I'm going to continue winning. So I'm going to change. I'm going to say stuff Gary did say. That is correct. That is a Gary Gygax quote. Uh, next quote. I often play fighters because I find that the simpler the character, the more I can focus on role-playing. Hmm, that's interesting. I'm going to say stuff Gary didn't say. Stuff Gary didn't say. That is correct. That is a quote from Keith Baker, uh, author and creator of Eberron, my personal favorite D&D I, setting. Mine too. Mine too. Very awesome setting. Anyways, next quote. All people will play games. You just have to find the games that they like. Hmm. Um, I'm going to say something Gary said. I'd go the opposite. Mm. Hugga is correct. This uh, is a oh. quote again from Dave Arneson, co-creator of Dungeons and Dragons. Nice. <laughs> okay, next quote. Is, 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 it, is there one more for the, the, the win? I've got five each now. I've got three more. Oh, three more. That can still be. No three. wait, four more. Oh. Oh, I think I did. I did a solid ten, but uh, yep. we'll I see what track. happens. If we, we come out of tie, it would be all right, I think. <laughs> Next quote. Of course, as children, we all, in all cultures and societies, learn behavior from observation, imitation, and encouragement of various kinds. So by the suggestion made, we all pretend most of the time. Mm. Um, I'm going to say stuff Gary didn't say. Yeah, I, I'm with them on that one. Mm. This is, in fact, a Gary Gygax quote. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, so no points for you guys. Next quote. Not enough people do things that leave others to wonder. Yeah, um, stuff you know, Gary didn't say. I'm going to say stuff Gary didn't say. It sounds too... Uh... Sounds like something some sort of scientist would say. Hmm. Like a Sagan-esque scientist. Um, it is, in fact, not a Gygax quote. It is from Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, okay. I that was, was really close. <laughs> almost willing to give you a point for almost guessing that one. You you get an almost point. Well, I got a point because I got it. It wasn't a, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> no, you get another almost point. I'll get a bonus point. All right. A bonus almost point. It's not quite a point, but it's almost a point. All right. Um, next question. The secret we should never let game masters know is that they don't need any rules. That sounds like it, Gary. So I'm going to say something Gary said. Um, I'm going to go for something Gary didn't say because he was from Chainmail, and that's all it was was about rules. So. Mm, point goes to Hugga. This is, in fact, a Gygax quote. Then why the heck did he make TSR? <laughs> <laughs> it's all about cooperative storytelling. The, my view on rules is that rules are there to keep people from being jerks. <laughs> you don't want to be like, well, I, I kill, I, I kill your character. Well, why? That, that hurt my feelings. <laughs> How did you do that? You know. Anyways, last quote. Um, I'm not keeping track. So, if you guys get this one right, everybody wins. 
At the time, I had a job in the office of a process in an office processing orders for scientific instruments from the Middle East. For the last month, I did virtually no work. I had a sheet of graph paper on my knee under the desk on which I was designing my dungeon, and I spent all day staring out the window, dreaming up monsters and traps. That's long-winded enough to eat. Go either way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to say stuff Gary didn't say. Oh, I'll go with stuff Gary said. All right, it's down to this. I think Ooh. I'm winning, but I'll, 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 I'll we'll go with the, the last question to see who wins. Okay, so uh, Haga, you went with stuff Gary said. Yep. And then Brodak, you went with stuff Gary didn't say. Yep. All right. This is a quote from Steve Jackson, uh. creator of GURPS and a Munchkin. Very great game. So M. Brodak wins. Well done. Pat yourself on the back. You get, I don't know, virtual high fives for everyone. I suggest everybody on the RPG Crossing website to go find a post I made and give me RPXP. Ooh. <laughs> or, or he could have a free copy of Explosive Runes number 17. Oh, there yeah, you there go. You know. That's what you want. It's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, on to the rest of the news. we got a couple more stories to go. Um, if your coat is brown or you like shiny things, you're probably jumping for joy. As of February 22nd, or you will be if you've been out of the loop, Margaret Wise Production announced that they would once again be producing RPG gaming products based in the Firefly universe. After what I assume is a some was a somewhat intense negotiation session, Margaret Weiss Productions secured the appropriate rights to continue uh, what they started with their Serenity RPG system. Great news! I loved the first one. I was uh, sad to see it go out of print, um, and them not really do anything else with it after uh, they redid the Cortex rules. Uh, mm. You guys have anything to say about this story? I, I really didn't get into the first one. I I love Firefly, and I yeah, I just oh, it just didn't. Quite, it felt like a generic setting with Firefly dressing put on top. So for me, I'll, I'll wait to see what it's like. But I'm not mm. not excited I, about. Um, I it. don't know if this is the case, but I know that when they did the uh, when they bought the rights, they yeah. bought the rights just for the movie. The stuff in the movie and around the movie to focus on the what happened in the movie, uh-huh. so they didn't have access to everything that the okay. uh, Firefly universe had to offer, and that's why it's it, it fell flat in a couple of areas. Okay. I, I never played the original Serenity rules. I did play a modified D twenty game um, based in the Firefly world, but. Uh, uh, I'd be interested to see the rules because I do like to see some mechanics to you know see how some things happen. Mm-hmm. But I, I do know you know I'm uh, playing in the I'm playing the Marvel Marvel I, I, RPG which is in the Cortex rules, and uh, it's pretty pretty simple to make characters. So mm-hmm. yes, yes. Well, that, that was the Cortex Plus system, which I think that yeah, the Margaret Weiss guys improved for um, Smallville. I think it was that was when yeah. when the Cortex system was really doing well. So it'll be interesting to see how the system comes back to take on um, Firefly again. Or, or at least maybe somebody can, you know, make a Firefly-based game and we can play in it. I, I, I admit I wasn't a fan when they first came on. I tried to watch it, and it just 
it was so disjointed on Fox. Eventually, a year or two <laughs> yes. later, I, I I sat down and uh, I watched it on Hulu episode, you know, back to back in the proper order. And I, I do have to say, I, I enjoyed. Uh, I I am a, a a brown coat, and I wish they would make more games. And I I don't know oh. if uh, we've covered this before. They are, um, I believe, making a uh, a comic book series on it, aren't they? Um, they uh, yeah. no, they made one they, before Serenity. Dark Horse did a run on uh, two runs, I think. It was uh, one that was supposed to take place between the uh, uh, the end of the series and the start of the movie, and then one based on books past. I have the the uh, series that took place between the movie and the show, but I, I never did yeah. get a hold of the. Uh, no, I'm sorry, the I missed books. I read. I read not too long ago. They're going to make a cartoon based on it. Oh, okay. ooh! I haven't heard that. Yeah, that would be that good. Sound interesting. Yeah, I know. I, I recall. Yeah, I, I, I read the Serenity, the series between the the, the movie and the, and the series. But no, I heard they're going to make a cartoon based on it. Excellent. So I'm looking forward to that. I will. I'll have to uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, I, 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 I'm a, a Whedon fan, so just about oh. anything he does. I That's just the, <laughs> the blending of the world, especially look at modern, you know, political economics. You know, with with China and and. United States, sorry, Hugga, um, being like the superpowers and the melding of the English and the Chinese in a futurist world was, was very interesting. So, To round out this week's news, we're going to take another brief look at the RPG Superstar Contest to see how our predictions from uh, the last show have panned out. Hugga, I know you set, the, uh, you set this out. You didn't pick a guy because you're not a uh, Pathfinder fan. But who did you go with last weekend, Brodak? I got. Uh, I went with Maurice Demare, and unfortunately, my ride is over. So. Leech, leech, his leech corn, leech lorn, did not uh, proceed to the next round. Hmm. Yeah, I was trying to find any of the round one or two items that I had liked, but I, I haven't been able to find them either. So I'm guessing the, the guys I liked have gone as well. Well, I jumped on uh, Pedro Colio's uh, horse, and he has made anything. it. <laughs> I, 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 I can't pronounce his name, but he did some good work. The uh, winners of the uh, this current round that they're doing will be announced uh, Tuesday after this podcast at 2 p.m. Pacific. It's the 9th now, so that makes Tuesday... 12th. The 12th, if I'm reading their chart correctly. <laughs> so maybe next week we'll have a uh, winner for the uh, next round. We'll see. Um, that's all the news we have for today. We're going to go ahead and go into our uh, big topic of the week in a segment we like to call Big Topic. <laughs> and that's where we cut to the interview <laughs> exactly <laughs> are you going to leave the last in there <laughs> that was pretty funny probably <laughs> for this week's big topic I'm pleased to introduce A.C. Golgolski author of The Wielding Word um, we have some questions for you today A.C. Or, uh, or can I call you Adam you can call me Adam. That's fine. Okay. 
Uh, <laughs> um, we've Hi got guys. Some, this is this is Adam. Um, we've got some questions that we've pulled from the community, uh, as well as uh, stuff we've uh, we've uh, come up with. So we'll go ahead and get started. Our first question comes to us from uh, Arturnus, and he asks, "I would be interested in knowing the inspirations for the Wielding Word." Uh, what is it that made this particular short story shape itself as it was shaped? Was there other literature that gave you this idea? Or did it come from a conversation with a friend or out of an idea that appeared out of nowhere? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think um, like like a lot of other people, um, stories stories happen when you're with your kids naturally. And so uh, my daughter... Devin was two or three at the time, and, and we would tell stories um, all the time. I mean, she, she loves she loves listening, and so uh, this this story developed out of those those little uh, moments where I would start to to uh, unroll a, a story for her, and uh, there was a witch in it, and uh, it started started to grow and grow, and I I, I work at home. A few days out of the week, and I would put her down for her nap, and and just decided, well, maybe I should I should type some of this up. So while she was sleeping, I would I would type up a few pages, and then when she would wake up, I'd read it to her, uh, and and it sort of grew from there. But she was a huge fan of uh, Paul O. Zelinsky's uh, Rapunzel, which was this incredible, uh, very lushly illustrated version of the story that he retold and rewrote. Um, and you know, if you've ever seen it, I mean, it's just, just a really stunning, uh, stunning paintings by Paul. Uh, so she loved that. We must've read that a hundred times together. And, um, as I started in on, on the wielding word, um, the witch sort of needed, uh, a little more character. And I thought, well, you know, these two stories could, don't have to live apart. So, uh, I sort of baked the wielding word into the whole Rapunzel universe, and uh, you know, basically, the the witch is is actually Rapunzel a hundred years later. So she's uh, she's one hundred and seventeen years old in the book, but but she looks good. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, that's impressive. I think if I wrote a book for every question or story my kids liked me telling them, I'd be like really busy. That's... <laughs> <laughs> it's really. Well, there... It's 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 nice to have a, a, a an audience, you know, <laughs> and see what comes spontaneously. Excellent, yeah. I think kids make the best audiences. Uh, well, uh, a question I had, and uh, let me preface this: when I read books, like a typical D and D book, I know the the background of it. You know, you, you can see the you know the how the you know just based on the mechanics of of our gaming system. And unfortunately, I read probably too many. Wizard of the Coats and Pathfinder um, Piazzo uh, uh, books, um, but I was just intrigued with the where the concept of the, the melody uh, appeared. I mean, I, when I first read the book, it was in one of the first introductory chapters. It was right there, and it was sort of a, a driving factor for the book. Uh, where did you get that? Was that or something you you came up with when you're writing stories for your daughter? Did you pull it from some mythology somewhere? Um. No, actually, it's it, yeah, it's something that we we came up with. Um, yeah, so so just background on on the malady. You know, the the book the book is about this this girl. She's 
probably 13. Um, and she's given this magic word by uh, this mysterious witch who turns out to be Rapunzel later. Um, but she's also stalked by this creature called a malady. It's a, it's a demon. And uh, it's sort of described as the reverse of a guardian angel. So instead of protecting this, this malady demon um, brings suffering into Nell's life and actually feeds off of her hardship and, and anguish and despair. Um, so she is plagued by this creature that no one else can see except for her. Um, and they're, you know, they're very rare. And so she's, she has to struggle with, um, with what the malady brings throughout the book. And that's part of the reason why uh, she's taken sort of under Rapunzel's wing because Rapunzel as a, as a powerful witch is uh, one of the few people that could protect her from the, the effects of the malady. But no, I, I think it was just an idea of, of, you know, how to bring uh, bad luck or the notion of bad luck and, and sort of uh, personify that in, in a way. So, um, so that's how the malady developed and it's sort of a plot arc that that starts in this book, but is one of those uh, story elements that doesn't get resolved actually in the Wielding Word. So I hope I don't give that away for anybody. But uh, there's mm-hmm. there's a few things like that that uh, you know the book was written as the first part of a trilogy, so uh, it's I'm basically just opening up the story in the Wielding Word. Ah, nice. So so. As we, as we all know, that lots of people in our community are aspiring writers, are aspiring authors. You know, we spend a lot of time writing on site. Um, could you give us a brief explanation of how the process of getting your book published went and any words of advice you might have? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think one of the greatest things of um, our, our common site here is it, it gives us all a chance to write together and practice, practice. I know certainly I've tried out ideas. In fact, uh, you know, this character is, is in part based on another character that I play in, uh, in a game on the site. So, you know, there's, there's, there's great tie in. And, you know, I just, one of the things I really love about the site is, is getting to read everybody else's writing as well and seeing people and myself grow, uh, in our, in our writing. But, you know, I, I, I think as, as you guys know, it's a long process. And uh, everybody writes in a different way. I, I tend to, to, I wrote The Wielding Word the same way as I DM my, my adventures. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what the ending is. Uh, you know, there's just a general um, idea. And then it's just very interesting to see players or characters just take it and see where it goes. So I, I think that that's the most, most fun for me. Um, but, you know, as far as the, the publishing process... That's that's uh, not as interesting, not as fun <laughs> as you can imagine. <laughs> um, you know, they I, I I heard another writer say, um, you know, having a book is easier than having a child because um, you know once the child's born, it's 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 born. You you know sort sort of have to take care of it. But um, yep, uh, it's there. It is. Um, but you know, it takes a lot longer to write a book, and and it's a constant uh, process of of um, marketing and getting the word out and, um, you know, doing promotions and all that stuff, which, um, you know, these days 
publishing houses don't have a lot of extra uh, cash to spend on on uh, writers, especially first time writers. So the the incentive isn't always there. So you know, I mean, I I went out, I I, I spoke with a couple agents, um, but the 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 time it takes, you know, I was just sort of getting fatigued um, in the process. So I said, well, you know, I'd like to put this to bed and uh, get it out there and and uh, and and move on to other projects. So I went ahead with Amazon and published. And it's, it's been good. It's been uh, wonderful. You know, it's, it's pretty, there's a lot of different options uh, that you can go. I mean, it's completely customizable. So, you know, I appreciated the flexibility and the speed. Uh, but ultimately, I, I enjoy writing more than, more than all those other parts. But I, I hope, I don't know, is there anything? <laughs> I, I just keep talking. So if there's anything in particular you wanted me to talk about. Did you have to put anything forward for Amazon? I don't know how Amazon process works. So what was required of you to get your book published on Amazon? Um, well, I mean, I think a, a complete manuscript is a good first step. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make sure, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, th- I think the typical process is, is the same as going through a, an actual publisher, but it's it's all self-motivated. So, um, you know, yeah. it's the author, it's the author that's calling the shots, not an agent or a publishing house. Did you have to do a lot of the uh, grunt work as far as like copy editing and doing the layout for the uh, cover of the book yourself? Or was that something that Amazon helped you with? Um, Amazon will, does have those services. Um, they designed the, the cover, the layout, all that stuff. Um, you know, I gave him some feedback. We worked back and forth. Uh, it's, it's actually a really good service. I would definitely recommend it to anybody. Excellent. Excellent. Yep. yep. Uh, we'll go ahead and move on. I, I think you hinted at this a little bit earlier, but do you have any plans for, uh, future books? Um, when's, uh, book two of this trilogy coming out? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, I have ideas for it, but I, I haven't put pen to paper yet in any way, um, other than, you know, knowing where I want the story, you know, to sort of meander. Um, but you know, I, I actually, after I, I, I released the, the wielding word, I changed jobs and I really uh, got very busy with real life. I mean, I have a six-year-old and the two-year-old daughters um, and they take up an incredible amount of time as you could imagine and uh, you know just busy with um, you know career and and the wife and you know the house and <laughs> all that you know life um, so at, at this point I, I don't have a, a ton of free time like I used to um, but yes ideas are still there in, in fact I, I have a game right now that's that's on the site that I'm using to test out a, a few other ideas for for an upcoming book. So you know, once 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 life you know leaves go of me a little bit, maybe maybe I'll have some more time. <laughs> <laughs> so you plan on pulling a George R. R. Martin, shoving oh, him out slowly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. No, I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. All right, well, <laughs> but yeah, I, do, I mean, this, the second the second book I'm. I'm you know, the working title is Harvest Maiden, and that's that's going to uh-huh. get a little bit more into um, you know Nell's power, you know, which which is the wielding word, um, you know, her her 
access to nature. It's really this, the magic is about listening. And, you know, this comes back to my own daughter, um, just encouraging her to pay attention to the world. And, uh, you know, it's, it's informed by her own observations of everything that she sees is new. I mean, when I was writing this, like I said, she was two or three, um, and everything was just so exciting for her. Um, and yeah, I guess still is, but, but, you know, that, that sort of inspired me to, to create this, this magic that sort of brings us back to that place where we're, we can be, we can be two or three again too, and, and see things brand new again and again. And, you know, of course, Nell with the wielding word could, you know, hear trees and things like that, but, you know, I don't know, maybe, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just, it's just interesting to, to think about, um, you know, how attentive we could possibly be, what, what happens, what the world brings. Do you have plans for how the wielding world power works? I mean, because she's discovering it herself, and you had it change when she was able to talk to her your dog and cat, and now she can't. You know, and then yeah. the, do you, do you have a plan for how it works? Well, you know, I when I wrote the book, um, I I started out writing it as a fairy tale because it's it it takes as a springboard, you know, Rapunzel. So uh, the first six chapters, uh, the book is broken up into four parts. So the first six chapters, part one, are written in a fairy tale format. So um, anybody that reads the book will notice that, um, you know, just just Nell is and, and the things that happen to her are a little friendlier um, and a little larger than life because it's it's sort of she's in the fairy tale. Um, but at the end of that first part, at the end of chapter six, the malady comes on the scene. And it's at that point that we, I changed, um, the style from fairy tale to, um, sort of a young adult novel. Um, so, and that's, that's kind of when the wielding word kicks in as well, because she was, you know, fr- you know, she has her dog and her cat and she could talk to them. And that's sort of all in the, you know, she meets a troll from the forest and they go on little adventures and they plant a magic tree and things like that. And so it's sort of larger than life. Uh, and after that section, um, the wielding word changes uh, as Nell changes and as as uh, the malady starts to um, put misfortune in her path. So um, I, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, every everybody's always changing. Um, so why wouldn't magic change as, as we change? Um, so that's, that's kind of how I, how I see the, the power. I'm not sure what the in state will, will be of, of this wielding magic, but you know, I, I when I was in, in school, um, I studied old English and, uh, the, the book actually brings a lot of little hidden old English words in. So the wield is, is the word for forest, of course. And, uh, you know, so it's little tie-ins like that. So she has this nature connection. Um, and, and again, it comes back to listening, listening deeply to um, the world. So I'm not sure. I, I guess I have to listen a little more deeply to the world. And, and then maybe that'll help me uh, as I as the, as the wielding word changes. <laughs> I don't know. Are you still um, telling stories to your daughter? She's still yes. interested in this stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, we, we tell a, an ongoing story. We've been telling it for years, and uh, I, I hope that doesn't stop. Nice. Hmm. 
So she's your test you know, market but, for uh, Harvest Maiden. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, if I if I wait too much longer, she will be the Harvest Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be thirteen. <laughs> so aside from your own stories you're making up, do you have a, a favorite author or a favorite book? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm a Tolkien fan, as you can see by my uh, avatar. Um, you know, people on the site know me as Mountain Bound, and uh, the avatar that I've used probably since day one um, is a is a picture that I think is from The Hobbit of the Misty Mountains. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just I've always been a, a Tolkien fan. I read The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings I think when I was twelve. And uh, I really hadn't read any other books, um, you know, any other fiction books to speak of, certainly not fantasy. Hmm. And that really just blew me away. And, um, you know, nothing still, uh, nothing to me still compares to uh, to that whole series. So that's that's certainly my favorite, and that's, that's my inspiration. I, I find that really so. interesting in uh, correlation to your book, because one of my favorite non-Middle Earth setting books from Tolkien, he's, he's my favorite author as well, is The Rover Random, which uh, started out uh, as uh, Tolkien telling a story to explain to his kid to explain a uh, little toy puppy that he had lost on the beach um, during one of their <laughs> vacations, and it grew into, into this magical adventure of this dog, and, and, um, and it started exactly like your book did as a story that he told to his, uh, his son. So that's, that's hmm. very interesting. <laughs> yeah, very yeah. I'll, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I think The Hobbit actually was written for his, his grandkids also. It's just a natural way. <laughs> but I'll check. What's that called? The Rover? The Rover Random. Um, it is in a collection okay. of books. I'll send you the, the name of the book it's in. It's in a collection of stories. Um, I don't know it off the top of my head, um, but I'll send a I'll send you a PM with the name of the book it's in. Cool, and put in the show notes. Hey, oh yes, we should do that. I will do that. Excellent. Um, oh, well, we're a, a gaming theme podcast, and I think we're required uh, by the internet to ask this question: uh, What's your favorite role playing game of all time? Hmm. Um. I don't know. Like, what would you? What do you mean? Like a well, like Pathfinder, be it you know genre. I mean, I would assume fantasy based, given you know uh, the, the the book you wrote in Tolkien fan. But uh, you know, however you want to answer. It. <laughs> All right. Um, well, you know, I I started playing D and D when I, I I could still remember getting the, um, the those red and blue box sets. And I actually yep. got them because that's that's the only place you can get the twenty sided die back in those days. Um, so second edition it was it was eighty eight or eighty nine I guess, and second edition had, had just come out, but they were still selling first edition. And the only place you can get those dice was in those box sets. So I, I picked those up, and uh, I could remember just looking at the, the pictures and really being captivated by you know what what's possible here. Um, so I, I think my, my root, in, my rooting in, in D and D was in second edition. And, uh, I, I could remember really being taken by the dark sun campaign. And in, in fact, I, we still have a Birch and I do a, a, a dark sun second edition based on the second edition modules, 
Um, and I, I'd say that that's probably my, my favorite, uh, campaign setting that's out there right now. I'm a big fan of the psionics system as well. Um, so that's nice hand in hand kind of for me, but I like Pathfinder. I mean, we've been using that ever, ever actually when we started the second edition Dark Sun, we're actually using Pathfinder rules. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I like, I like the way it works. It seems pretty uh, flexible and pretty clean, but you know, I, I'm, I'm really not a rules guy. I, if I had my druthers, I, I would throw them out the window and, and, you know, be doing the things like, uh, you know, just, just telling stories like with my daughter. <laughs> if, if I could, you know, it's the mechanics. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I leave, I like to leave that up to players. I like to play with people that can sort of run with that and, and handle that kind of aspect of the game. I, I'm more interested in just, um, you know, building a story together. Right. That's, that's what excites me. I agree. Excellent. Well, we have, uh, we have one last, uh, question and this is from, uh, community member Securus. Uh, he wants to know if you still want to get coffee and sign his book. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Where I, I don't know where he lives, but if he's if he's in New York someplace, then maybe we can get together. Excellent. Well, I'll, hopefully he listens to the podcast and sends you. Well, he does. You should let me know too, and I'll get a cup of coffee with you guys. That's right. And if you I, visit I Australia, you know. <laughs> Excellent. I would Excellent. love to do that, Haga. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll reach out to you next time I'm down there. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's it for the interview. Uh, I appreciate you uh, joining us this afternoon and uh, letting us quiz you about your book and your uh, your interests. And thanks for the book. It's a great read. I yes, look forward is. to the Harvest Maiden, and I plan on uh, continuing to go to your website and trying to answer your riddles. Yeah, nice talking to you guys, too. I hope, hope we could do it again. That concludes the show for today. If you would like to keep up to date and all things show-related, or you just want to see what kind of random stuff we talk about on a daily basis, you can follow me on Twitter at ROBI1475. You can also follow Hugga at HVG3AKAEK and while you're there you might as well follow RPGCrossing.com at RPGCrossing if the tweeter is not your thing but you still want to let us know what's up or ask a completely random question you can send any one of us a PM on the RPG Crossing forums 